Hello, Saints Hill Church. Hello, friends, family, fellow quarantiners. Thanks for uh, tuning in. Um, in this time, I know there's probably so many other things you could uh, watch and be tuned in on. Uh, hashtag Tiger King, Carol Baskin, crazy. Talk about it later. No, but truly, thanks for taking the time to tune in because when you tune in, it really allows us to be the church. Um, it's an honor to be with you, kind of pseudo through technology, all that type of stuff. And, and really, it's an honor to gather around the scriptures um, and really take some time to learn from the Spirit of God. Because in this time, let's just remember, Jesus is still Lord, right? He's Lord over YouTube, Lord over Zoom chat calls, the Lord over FaceTime, all of that stuff. Can I get an amen? Can't really hear you. Can't wait till we gather again. But we just we got to get this out of the way. In your living room, when you hear a good point, amen. I want to I want to get some emails, testimonies of hey, you were I heard my neighbors heard me yelling, saying that's a good word, loud, all that stuff. So just because I can't see you, can't hear you, I need I need you to yell amen, okay? So, anyways, uh, tonight's going to be so much fun. I I believe it's going to be fun because I believe you, me, uh, the spirit of God's going to come, and He really wants to encourage us in this time and bring some peace. Well, if we've never officially met before, my name is Jacob. I'm one of the leaders here at Saints Hill, specifically in the role of leading worship. And that being said, I'm super pumped because in the past month, uh, the Spirit of God's been brewing a message in my heart to share with you regarding that very topic, worship. It's one of my favorite things to chat about, so I'm, I'm super excited. Um, just let me pray real quick for tonight. Jesus, we just so thank you for who you are. Uh, we worship you. Uh, would you, um, in this time, more than ever, um, reveal yourself? Um, more than ever, God, uh, we want to be like you. Uh, we want to represent you well. We want to know what you're thinking, what you're doing in this time of uncertainty. And so, Holy Spirit, would you reveal Jesus so that we could be like him? We love you. Um, would you come and teach us? And would you come and teach our family and be so known? We thank you ahead of time for the work that you're going to do. Um, we submit ourselves to you and your scriptures. We bless you. Thank you, Lord. Amen. So I would love to start uh, this talk with one thought. The thought is the victory we need and are looking for in this time, I believe will be found and obtained through our praise and thanksgiving. Let me say it again. The victory we need, the victory that I believe I'm looking for, you're looking for in this time, I believe will be found and obtained through our praise and thanksgiving. See, I believe that victory is about to come to me, to you, people's bodies, people's souls and minds. The victory that is about to bulldoze your world is found, I believe, on the other side of our worship in this time. See, more than ever, I believe the church is being reminded that worship truly is one of its biggest weapons. See that in a season of the church, especially as a worship pastor, I super feel it that in a time where our Sunday corporate gatherings are postponed and, they, and therefore weekly on Sunday, we're not actually gathering and worshiping in big groups, singing songs of praise, all that stuff. I think more than ever, it's an amazing and beautiful time to re be reminded by the Lord what true worship really means. What does it really mean? We need to be reminded why we worship, right? We've heard it probably tons of times, hundreds, thousands of times. You maybe even heard it from me multiple times, but we constantly need to remind ourselves that worship is not just songs, right? Worship is not just chords on a guitar, but worship is a lifestyle. It's something we live in. It's a lifestyle of constant offerings given to the Lord. 
See, worship just like prayer is a lifestyle of communing with God. Worship is shown by going to Jesus in times of need like now and singing songs of praise and thanksgiving. See, I, I believe in this time, once we are reminded of these truths again, why it's so important is because once we're reminded of these truths again, we then therefore can get super excited for our need to worship today in this season. Because I also believe that God is reminding the church what our worship also does right? What our worship does to the enemy. I believe God is showing us how when we choose to worship in spirit and in truth, we actually take back anything that the enemy has stolen from us. See, worship is our biggest weapon. So in knowing these truths, the Lord actually reminded me of a story in the Bible, uh, the story of uh, King Jehoshaphat and his army of worshipers. You may have read it before. Um, this story can actually be found in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. So what I'd love to do tonight is open up the scriptures to 2 Chronicles chapter 20, because I believe that there's some awesome just nuggets that I believe the Spirit of God wants to uh, have us apply into our lives today. So what's nice is obviously we're on a video format here, and so now would even be a good time to maybe pause the video, uh, dust off your swords, hello, and that's also a burn if you need to dust off your uh, swords. Because uh, more than ever, our swords should be getting used. Hello. So dust off your swords, grab a notebook, grab a pen, and let's flip to Second Chronicles chapter 20. So we're going to start in verse 1. Um, in my Bible, the header, the title passage of this is Jehoshaphat defeats Moab and Ammon. So this is mostly just for me. I got to get this over with. But Jehoshaphat, we're going to be saying that name a lot. Silly name. Silly goose name kind of mean parents, right? Why would you name your kid Jehoshaphat? For sure, a name that would get made fun of on the playground, right? I mean, parents could have at least done Jehoshahusky or Jehoshachubby or something like that. I don't know why you had to bring the weight in there, Jehoshaphat. Anyways, stupid joke. That was for me. Focus, Jacob. Here we go. Okay, so the title passage of chapter 20 is Joseph... Jehoshaphat, sorry, defeats Moab and Ammon. So it's uh, Moab and Ammon are two different groups of people, two different places. So let's go ahead and pick up our Bibles. Chapter 20, here we go. After this, the Moabites and Ammonites with some of the Muonites came to wage war against Jehoshaphat. Some people came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army is coming against you from Edom, from the other side of the Dead Sea. It is already in Hezazon, Tamar, that is, and Gedi, verse 3, alarmed Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast for all Judah. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. So first thing to chat about here is verse 3. I love this. I love verse 3. It says, alarmed Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord. It's simple but beautiful, but what I love and what I believe this scripture is saying is for us is it's saying that feelings, emotion, what's going on in the world right now, any type of war that you feel like is waging against you. And in, in, this, in this case, the real physical war that was waged against Jehoshaphat, all these things are very real. But the reason why I love this is right in his alarm state, he resolved to inquire of the Lord. So he resolved, he decided, he chose to inquire of the Lord. Other definitions for inquire are check with the Lord, question, search, to seek out the Lord. Inquire can mean to seek an answer. It can mean 
quote, the want to know something. So I love this. In his alarmed state, he chose to seek out the Lord. It's the first thing that he chose to do. I believe that's amazing. So my first encouragement to you guys in all of this is in a time of maybe feeling alarmed, not knowing what to do, not knowing what is going to happen in the coming weeks, may we be the people that resolve, the people that decide to, before we run to social media, before we run to different news outlets, may we be the people that decide we will inquire of the Lord. That our first response to anything alarming or uncertain is to seek out the Lord's face and his presence first. See, personally, what this makes me think of is just practically stopping in my own tracks of like anxious thoughts, maybe endless worry. Um, I, I found myself maybe awkward, like over planning to seem busy, but no stopping and saying, wait. I'm going to go get alone with the Lord and see what he says. I'm going to go and hear his voice and say, hey, Lord, what do you think about this situation? So in Jehoshaphat's alarmed state, he feels enemies coming against him and his people to wage war. And he resolves in his heart to get alone with God. It's powerful stuff. So with everything, let's go to Jesus first. Amen. Now next, uh, moving on in, in the passage, we're going to read uh, Jehoshaphat got alone with the Lord and then he's goes to his people and essentially gives a speech uh, to his people, reminding them a bit of history and reminding them who God is. So when you read this together, I actually encourage you when, you, when we're reading and you're looking at your Bible, at Jehoshaphat's speech to his people, let these words sink into your hearts today, because I also believe he's speaking to us. So verse 5, Then Jehoshaphat stood up in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem at the temple of the Lord, in front of the new courtyard. He said, Lord, the God of our ancestors, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hand, and no one can withstand you. Our God, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? They have lived in it and have built in it a sanctuary for your name, saying, If calamity comes upon us, whether the sword of judgment or plague or famine, we will stand in your presence before this temple that bears your name, and we will cry out to you in our distress, and you will hear us and save us. Verse 10. But now here are men from Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, whose territory you would not allow Israel to invade when they came from Egypt. So they turned away from them and did not destroy them. See how they're repaying us by coming to drive us out of the possession you gave us as an inheritance? Verse 12, Our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. So powerful stuff here. So when you get alone with God, and maybe just like how they did, maybe you choose to fast. You maybe kick off the flesh and live by the Spirit. When you choose to seek the Lord in times of trouble, I believe He gives you a fresh voice for the people around you. You have something to say. See, we must seek the Lord's face in this time, not just for us, but for the people around us. So that we can actually in this time more than ever speak out God's faithfulness and remind people of the world that he is still so good. See, in times like this, maybe you've seen, I've seen it in news, maybe it's happened to a friend of yours, and, and maybe unfortunately it's happened to you. In difficult and trying situations, the enemy wants to distract you with what's going on to the point where you forget who God is. Right In trying times like that we're in now, we see God is constantly put on trial. 
right? Did he cause this? Is this his will, et cetera, et cetera, right? But we see Jehoshaphat encourages his people with the testimony of who God is. Then I love the last verse that we just read, verse 12. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. I love that faith. I love the strength and tenacity. I feel like that statement is super inspiring. It's a statement of faith. It's a declaration. See, in this time, uh, we may not know the answers. Like, I don't know the answers, right? We don't know what to do. What is the cure to this virus? Is there one? Has Have people been working on, on one? Does anyone know? When are we going to meet again, right? Can I go here? Am I allowed to drive there? What's going to happen to my job, my school? Financially, what's going to happen, right? To me, the economy. Uh, other choice, once again, should I watch Tiger King or should I read a book? Should I have a salad or have pasta for the fourth time this week? Hello, right? See, in these times, we do not know what to do. We're confused. But, but, church, may we say, Lord Jesus, we do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Let's have that faith in this time to not just like fake the answers, but to actually just say, we don't know what to do, but Jesus, our eyes are fixed on you. Because actually, even right now, I feel like you may be watching this and when I'm speaking this and you hear me talking about like faith and this type of, I, I believe there's some people that are watching where something's coming alive again, saying, yeah, you're right. I'm going to declare again with fresh strength that Jesus, my eyes are on you. Not my eyes are on some unknown situation, my finances, like my eyes on like the stressors of life. And if that's you, just quickly, we're going to continue, but I actually want to pray for you. When I was writing this message in this, in this moment, I wanted to pray. So let me just pray. If that's you, maybe put your hand on your heart or open your hands. And, and so, Lord, I just, I just want to pray faith and boldness over people that when I was speaking, just like what we saw from King Jehoshaphat, I was just like, I don't know what to do, Lord, but my eyes are on you. Um, I also want to just pray like um, I'm in this to, with you guys. I just want to pray um, a prayer of repentance and say, Lord, up to this point, um, I'm sorry for looking at my plans and looking uh, elsewhere and, and letting fear come in. Right now, I just pray, if this resonates within it, I just pray for fresh faith and boldness that they could actually more than ever, starting now and then waking up tomorrow, have fresh boldness to say, Jesus, I don't know what's next, but my eyes are on you. And actually, I'm focused on you. So I just bless you guys, and I just pray the peace of God over you that would lead to fresh faith and fresh courage. Amen. So now moving on to verse 13. We're about to see in verse 13 in the story, we're about to see actually a prophet from the crowd uh, rise up and share something. So let's look that down at our Bibles. Verse 13. Here we go. All the men of Judah with their wives and children and little ones stood there before the Lord. Then the spirit of the Lord came on Jehazel, son of Zechariah, the son of Benai, the son of Jael, the son of Mataniah, and a Levite and descendant of Asaph, as he stood in the assembly. He said, verse 15, so here's uh, here's the prophet. He, got a, he gets a word for the crowd. And, and really be listening. There's some good stuff in here. Verse 15, let's follow on. He said, listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem. This is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, march down against them. They will be climbing up by the pass of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jerel. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions, stand firm, and see the deliverance 
the Lord will give you, Judah and Jerusalem. He says it again, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow and the Lord will be with you. Verse 18, Jehoshaphat bowed down with his face to the ground and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down and worshiped before the Lord. Then some Levites from the then some Levites from the Kohathites and Karaites, wow, stood up and praised the Lord. So the people got together and praised the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. Wow. So I pray that when you heard those words or when you read them with me, that you actually felt the peace of Jesus and his safety, his comfort washing over you. So yeah, Lord, release your peace over the people watching this right now. So what I love about that prophetic word, I, I don't know if uh, if you felt it, but that prophetic word is filled with so much good news, and that's why I love it. Love it. Quickly, I want to um, say some of those statements again over you. The prophet said, and so here, this church, I'm going to say these again, and they're simple, but hear it, hear it fresh for you. He said, "Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged." I love this. He also says, "For the battle is not yours, but God's. You will not have to fight this battle." right? Put your, so in this time, put your reactive weapons down. He says, stand firm. See the deliverance of the Lord, that the Lord will give you. Again, he says, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. He says, the Lord will be with you. See, I've been hearing a lot about uh, people's jobs being in question, financial needs rising up. And then obviously, something as big as uh, people having the virus, right? Sickness, um, Super sad, unfortunate, but maybe you even heard of like some deaths. I feel an encouragement from the Spirit of God saying in this time of uncertainty that through our worship, if we keep our eyes on the Lord, our defender, our breakthrough, our Jesus, we will not have to fight this battle, that the battle is not ours to fight. So do not be afraid or discouraged. See, when I say these things, I, I want to be clear. Um, it's not just mind over matter stuff, right? It's not just act naive. It's not uh, be oblivious to what's going on or choosing to act like none of it's a big deal. No more than ever, we obviously uh, need common sense. We need the spirit of wisdom. Uh, we need to be washing our hands, all that type of stuff. However, um, I believe uh, what the Lord's inviting us into is a perspective change. It's a reality change. Um, I believe it's an easier yoke that the Lord is wanting you to live in. See, it's a, it's a truth that sets into our hearts that allows us once again to give up control, to trust, to surrender, and say, you know what, Jesus, in this time more than ever, show me who you are so that I don't have to fight, I don't have to grit my teeth through my anxiety, uh, through my fear, you fill in the blank. But instead, Lord, once again, I will trust you that you're my Savior, and therefore, all these situations that are going on, I actually can't save myself from these. You're my savior and you must do it. So I'm going to get close to you and find my safety. So in this time, more than ever, church, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged because the Lord will be with you. Now moving on to verse 20. Let's look at our Bibles. Verse 20. Early in the morning, they left for the um, desert of Tekoa. As they set out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, listen to me. Judah and people of Jerusalem, I love this. Have faith in the Lord your God, and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets, and you will be successful. So stop right there. I love that because he says, have faith in your Lord and have faith in his prophets, and what? You will be successful. See, again, in this season, you may be asking, where is uh, success in this story? 
Um, where's success in my story? I don't see it. Where's the greener grass? Can someone show it to me? Where's the light at the end of the tunnel? Has anyone seen it? Well, I have good news for you. What we just read in the scriptures is have faith in your Lord and faith in the prophets and you will be successful. So my encouragement for you is actually quite simple and it actually may sound a little silly, but find a prophet. Find someone that you know that is prophetic, who you trust their voice in your life. Have them give you a word of encouragement. Let them know, hey, I'm not finding any type of clarity in all of this. My vision seems a little blurry. I'm not clear on direction. Um, I, I actually just don't feel success coming my way in this season. Can you hear the Lord for me? Can you listen on on my behalf? And then and then take that Lord the the word that they give you to the Lord and test it. Get the Lord's final word over it. And then here is the kicker to it all. Once you get that, take it to the Lord, then believe it. Believe the word. Hold it dear to your heart and watch it lead you to success. Watch how his voice, when you cling to his voice, how watch how it leads you to success. See, the point here, once again, is let's get his redemptive perspective towards your current situation and then trust it. Let me say it again. We need to get his redemptive perspective towards our current situation and then trust it. Now, our last couple scriptures of the evening, uh, these two are actually what I've been waiting for. I would say that these last two scriptures, they're like the meat, they're like the bread and butter of this whole talk. So let's look down at our Bibles, verse 21 through 22. Here we go. Verse 21, after consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness. As they went out at the head of the army, saying, so here was their song, Give thanks to the Lord, for his love endures forever. Verse 22, this is amazing. As they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. So in a time of war, we read that the worshipers were actually sent out first. They were, ahead, they were at the head of the army. And wouldn't you say, like, this is a crazy war plan, right? Like, no, 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 no. Send out the strongest peeps possible. Send out the, the people with the most weapons. Send out the people with the most training. But no, we actually see King Jehoshaphat with faith. And I believe he partners with the Lord. And he actually sends out the strongest soldiers they had at the time, the singing people. What happens when the worshiper sings? It says, what? The Lord ambushed the enemy and defeated them. It's so good. So worship in that moment was the strong weapon that brought about their victory. See, church, I believe this story is really for us today. That in the midst of all this COVID-19 stuff, that we can actually look at the, at the, our scriptures and, and read the story and say, Jesus, do this again. Ambush, through our worship, ambush our enemies and defeat them. See, Satan during this time uh, wants to move you into isolation. Now, obviously, um, physically, we actually do need to be sheltered in this time. So please listen to me. The point I'm, I'm trying to make is let's not let the physical isolation lead to emotional or spiritual isolation. Let's not let the physical time of, of being sheltered. Let's let's. It's very easy to get introspective in this time. Let it let it not lead to emotional or spiritual isolation. Don't let it lead to fear, anxiety, or or like how I mentioned, unhealthy introspection. But no, in this time more than ever, let's be the people of God, the people of God that will actually be outward in our expression of worship and use this strong weapon that is actually just one choice away. 
right? It's one uh, devoted scheduled time away. Um, it's one time of saying, I'm going to worship now. So this week, let's set up times to worship this way. Uh, now to close, uh, we can close our Bibles. And to end, I actually just want to uh, ponder a certain question with you, okay? That question is, uh, it's pretty simple, but that question is, why did this worship song defeat the enemy? Like, why, like, why did this work? Uh, how did the, the song, why did this song work, if you will? Well, a couple thoughts to close our time together. Firstly, um, just kind of worship 101 here. Uh, worship gets our focus off of ourselves. It gets, uh, worship gets focus off of our current situation. Worship, most of all, gets our focus off the enemy. And instead, it puts all of our, our focus, our attention, and our affection on the Lord. See, maybe you can relate to this, but I, I found that in my life that one of my biggest like spiritual warfare tactics is worship. It's the power of actually, it's the power of ignoring. So like the power of ignoring the enemy and honestly, sometimes turning off the TV, uh, ignoring all the bad news from the media, all that type of stuff and standing firm in a place of singing praise to the Lord and declaring his goodness. Don't forget that one of the strongest things you can do is not give Satan the light of day and stop and sing, Jesus, I love you. Because I actually get this. I, I It sounds maybe a little wacky, but I personally believe that whenever we stop and choose to worship, when we stop and say, Jesus, I love you, I believe that our voices are actually put through the loudspeakers of hell and demons quake. Like it's that powerful. Come on, somebody. That's when you yell amen in your living room. Okay. Our praise is a weapon. So, and actually remembering all of this and, and studying for uh, this talk and remember all of this earlier this week, I was in a time of worship with my guitar and this chorus just sprung out of my, my heart, out of my spirit. And I just kept singing over and over again. I'll do the praising. You'll do the fighting. I'll do the praising. You'll do the fight. I just kept singing. I'll do the praising. You'll do the fighting. And so let's have that heart posture in this season. Now, secondly, I'd like to propose another reason why I believe this specific worship song uh, found success in defeating the enemy. I believe it's because it was a song of thanksgiving, right? Remember the song they sang? They sang, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. See, songs of thanksgiving, uh, being grateful, having gratitude on our lips in this season, I believe is super crucial. See, we may at times instead want to be grasping, right? Hoarding, making um, elaborate plans, maybe financial planning for self-preservation. Instead, let's actually stop and choose thankfulness. Let's choose gratitude. Uh, we've heard it before. The best attitude is what? Can't hear you, but the, I can't wait until we gather again and get this response. But the best attitude is gratitude, right? See, these are maybe just Jacob thoughts here for a second. But I, I really do believe that Thanksgiving... Uh, disarms the enemy. I think Thanksgiving breaks off fear and anxiety. And here's the thought that I want us to all take away from. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. Thanksgiving establishes Jesus's lordship in any situation. Thanksgiving establishes Jesus's lordship in any situation. See, taking time actually throughout your day to stop and look around and with humility, really look around and say, look at your friends, maybe your spouse, certain things in your house, whatever it is, and just say, wow, Jesus, this all came from you. It was all a gift. And what does that do? I, I believe it points to his lordship. And to stake, take it a step further, I, I, one way that I feel like I really know this is, is Psalm 100, 4 through 5. Uh, you don't need to turn there. I'll read it. But uh, you've probably heard it multiple times. It says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. 
give thanks to him and praise his name. And actually, just like the song that we read in, in the story, verse five says, for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. See, thanksgiving, I believe, is our quick access to our good father. It's the highway, if you will. I believe it's the welcome mat to the nearness of God. We know that when we are near to him, we see what he sees. And again, thankfulness establishes his lordship. What we see here, um, it brings us into the Lord's domain, right? So track with me just a little while longer. Enter his gates and enter his courts. Enter his gates, enter his courts. See, I believe great, gratefulness plops us right into his rule and reign. See, his gates. When I think of gates, um, what are gates? I, I think of protection. See, thanksgiving brings you into the Lord's protection. When we praise and worship, we're actually saying, God, through our songs of thanksgiving, your gates are bringing protection around us. Uh, then continue, just track with me a little longer. Then his courts, right? When I think of courts, I think of a, I think of a courtroom. Therefore, I think about God's judgment, right? Uh, I think of God's good judgment towards us and the world. See, when we worship, we enter his courts. I would say that in a trying time like ours, uh, what we're saying is in, when we're in the, in the Lord's court, when we worship and we're in the Lord's court, it means Jesus has the final word. His judgment is the only one that matters. Amen. And here's good news for you and your situation. The Lord he is a good judge. He judges from a place of heaven. So with joy, peace, righteousness, health, see his courts is where he is Lord. So our thankful songs can actually create that atmosphere wherever we go. So to bring it full circle, based on the story that we read today, when we see that lordship is established through our worship, we see that God defeats the enemy, right? We will do the praising, you'll do the fighting. We'll do the praising while you do the fighting. And when he fights for us, he always wins. So to end, just maybe close your eyes with me. I want to I want to pray. I want to pray for you guys. I actually wrote out a prayer here. Um, and, and I just want to, wherever you're sitting, close your eyes and, and let this prayer just uh, minister to you. Jesus, you're so good. You do our fighting for us when we praise. You fight our anxiety and fear. You can destroy any virus. So do it, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for your plan in the midst of all of this. We trust you. You always have a perfect and good answer. You have an answer to my job, my financial situation. You have an answer for maybe my hurting body or someone that I know. We stand firm in worship and thanksgiving to you, Lord. Thank you. We bless your holy name. Thank you for giving us a strong weapon called our song. Thank you for always being faithful. And everyone says, amen. So church, I so believe that your days of worry, fear, and, and maybe like sweaty striving, I so believe are coming to an end. This week, let's worship and give thanks like we never have before, because the good news for you today is that the battle is not yours, but God's. Bless you guys. We'll see you soon.